This program is brought to you by Suffolk University. Please visit us on the web at www.suffolk.edu. Hello, everyone. My name is Lee Martinson. Today, I want to talk to you about inequitable conduct in the prosecution sense. And what I mean by that is one of the things that patent prosecutors struggle with is what art to cite, how much art to cite, and what other non-traditional pieces of intelligence, such as examiner, office actions, and in the U.S. and in foreign countries to cite in order to ward off a charge of inequitable conduct if the resulting patent is ever enforced. And I want to spend some time today talking about a recent case out of the Federal Circuit. I'll call it Larson versus Illuminati. It's a 559F3-1317. And why I find this case interesting is, in the end, you'll see that even though the Federal Circuit determined that some material information was withheld, they go to great lengths to explain why they think this is not such a big deal, meaning the deceptive intent prong they think was not found. So let's talk a little bit about the technology at issue here. This is aluminum screen doors, and they've got this retractable screen feature. Most of you probably have one of these on your house. You know, you can take the screen up and down. You can replace it with glass depending on the season. So Larson sues Illuminart. During the suit, Illuminart requests re-examination of the patent suit. And while the patent suit is in re-exam, there's a continuation pending. So you have two applications both going through the patent office. The same patent attorney for Larson handled both of these applications. And in the continuation application, the PTO issued four office actions. All four of those office actions were issued during the re-examination of the patent suit. Ultimately, the continuation went abandoned. During the re-examination, the attorney prosecuting the applications cited over 200 patents, cited the district court pleadings, including the inequitable conduct allegations by Illuminati, disclosed the existence of the continuation. So let's pause here. So you may recall the DACO case that says basically you have a duty to disclose related pending applications, and typically what we do is we alert the examiner to the current application is related to application X, Y, and Z, serial number ABC, DEF and point the examiner's attention to it. So in this case, the attorney prosecuting the applications did that. And they also cited the second office action. And the first office action made its way in. And that is the office actions from the continuation. But what he failed to do was disclose the third and fourth office actions. So he told the examiner about the existence of the continuation, cited two of the four office actions in the case. And the inequitable conduct charge ultimately hinged around the failure to cite these two office actions. And the district court bought in that these two office actions were withheld with the intent to deceive the office, thus the patent was unenforceable. Well, the Federal Circuit got a hold of the case and gives a nice reminder of what's required here for inequitable conduct. You can find that in Rule 156, and basically it's you've got to withhold some material information and withhold that with the intent to deceive the patent office. You can also commit inequitable conduct by taking contradictory positions, but that's not at issue in this case. So you've got this sort of balancing test. So why the third and fourth office actions were important, here's the thing to remember. The Federal Circuit ultimately found these office actions were material, meaning they should have been cited. And the reason they said that was they contained rejections and analysis concerning claims that are similar to those under reexamination, but those rejections came from a different examiner. 
So the re-exam is in front of one set of examiners. The continuation is from another. The claims of the two are similar in some sense. Therefore, the analysis from the examiner in the continuation application should have made its way to the re-examination examiners. Never mind that the re-examination examiners were well aware of the fact that the continuation was pending. The patent attorney had an affirmative duty to cite those office actions to the office. So it sounds kind of bad right now. The Federal Circuit says these things were material and they were withheld. But they spent a lot of time on the deceptive intent prong here. And here's some things to take away. You got to prove deceptive intent by clear and convincing evidence. And remember that gross negligence itself doesn't justify an inference of intent to deceive. So what the district court failed to do, according to the Federal Circuit, is take a look at all the good things that the attorney had done. Cited the 200-plus references, told them about the pending litigation, cited the first two office actions. So you have to kind of balance all that out. And in the end, even though they didn't ultimately decide the issue, when you read the opinion, you get the feeling, at least in my opinion, that the Federal Circuit was telling the district court, look, we don't think there's deceptive intent here. One last piece to note is there's a concurrence from Judge Lynn, and he just goes off on how easy it is to plead inequitable conduct, the problem with all this. He highlights the Supreme Court cases that talk about what inequitable conduct is really supposed to be about, and that's this overt fraud standard. And the interesting part about all this is this decision, the Larson decision, came out prior to the Exergen Walmart decision. And guess who wrote the opinion in Exergen Walmart? That was Judge Lynn. So in this case... He's sounding off about how easy it is to plead inequitable conduct. And the next important decision we see out of the Federal Circuit on equitable conduct comes from Judge Lynn, and it deals with heightening the standard that's required for pleading inequitable conduct. Thank you all for listening. My name is Lee Martinson. That's L-E-I-G-H-M-A-R-T-I-N-S-O-N. If you have any questions, you can find me on the web and give me a call. I'll be happy to talk to you. Thank you. This preceding program was brought to you by Suffolk University. Please visit us on the web at www.suffolk.edu.